Welcome back, everybody. I'm Wes Warren. I'm here with Greg Stanley. Today's topic is one that we see quite a bit, is a doctor that changes things a lot and that's constantly wanting things changed, tried new techniques, new marketing, new this, new that. And the question is, Greg, how much damage can that bring? That's a good way to look at it. You know, of course, there's an upside, like somebody that wants to do new techniques, new equipment, new things. There's a good explanation for how those can help. There are several questions that have to be addressed. One is, can my staff keep up with these changes? And if not, am I the one that's changing too fast or are they changing too slow? Right. And some doctors need change for the sake of change. In other words, I just got to have everything be different. I got to have different, not just new, but different equipment. I need to try new techniques. You and I met a doctor that was doing things no other doctor had done. The problem was no other patient had any idea what it was about. <laughs> and in other words, you can change yourself right off the edge of the world. And so just a couple thoughts on that. You know, staff who they fight at the front lines. Yeah, you do the dentistry and all, I get that. But they're out there with patients having to make it work, uh, trying to come up with systems that they can just kind of make them work, you know, and, and let go and really lean into it. Think about how they're saying things as opposed to what they're saying. Now, if you're changing things all the time, they can't get to that point. It doesn't ever get smooth and well run. Doctors, I want you to ask yourself, I just want you to hear this, stop and say, am I asking my staff to change too much, too often, and too fast? And if you are, it's a pattern. It's, it's a personality trait. There are staff like that. They probably change jobs. Doctors do this. And the downside for us on the consulting end is we see staff and leaders burned out and they finally leave because they can't keep it straight. They just, they'll, they'll go a month, try to get things right. And about the time they've got it smooth and they love to bring smooth to their doctor. They like to come and go, hey man, I got this working. And that's when he says, or she says, forget all that. We're doing it this way now. And after you've done that once or twice, Staff have a tendency to hedge and hold back, waiting for you to finally decide how you want things done, what you want said to patients. Yeah, I guess if the big red flag, I think you brought up, if, if somebody's changing something, a system, the same system over and over and over again, this is how we're going to do it. No, I thought about it. We should do it this way. And it's constantly changing that one thing. That's definitely bad news. We see that a lot, obviously. But then there's people that just, like you said, Greg, bounce around. They have to get excited about something that's going to change their practice. Real excited about a new product. They get real excited about hygiene, selling, soft tissue. They get real excited about certain things and they move it around. It can be tough. You can have burnout. That can be an issue. One of the issues. I got to have change for the sake of change. I got to stay high on something new and exciting, I become bored. Right. You know, especially with bread and butter dentistry, I become tired of the same old routine. 
That's one issue. Now, each doctor has a different change quotient, needs a certain amount of change just to show up and be there. Some don't need any. Some staff can handle a lot of change. Some can't handle any. Uh, they finally get the job learned. They don't want to keep relearning everything. But this is only one of the challenges, is this need for change for the sake of change. Another one is when there's an underlying blockage in a practice and you don't know what it is and you just began to thrash about, <laughs> changing everything. You know, the, <laughs> I used to tell the story about buying a boat that wouldn't start. It was brand new. It wouldn't start. They changed out all the parts and finally it did start, you know, and by then I was tired of it and wanted to, wanted to get rid of a boat. But uh, it's funny because some doctors' problems are so counterintuitive. In other words, trying to figure it out, they'll never figure it out. Yeah. Best to call someone, get on the internet, go to Facebook, what, whatever you have to do, and find out what's really wrong. And in consulting, I would say around 80% of the time when diagnosing a practice, looking at everything, why it's not growing and it's stuck, it usually comes down to one or two things that you can fix everything else. But if you don't fix that one or two things, the practice will not grow. And you can thrash about, like you said, and going from one thing to the next. And, and if you ne never pick up on fixing one or the two of these little things, it never grows. So somebody tells you, this is what you need to do. You can know it's right if it sounds completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would have fixed it if it was obvious. Exactly. For example, we go into offices and sometimes a staff person that would seem to be the most obvious person of value She's scurrying around. She's doing everything, you know. She's, she wears three hats. She does everything. And the doctor assumes, I've got this one good person. And that may not actually be true. It's best to know what's really wrong as opposed to just, there's too many things in dentistry to change. Absolutely. If I was listening to this and I was a doctor, there's two questions I would want to ask to see if it's really damaging the practice. One is, do you have high turnover? High turnover, it's definitely uh, an in indicator of this problem. And number two is, do your systems stick? Or do they just kind of wait for you to not be high on it anymore? And as you stop checking on that new system over a month or two, but if you were to go back a year later, is that system still in place? When you were super high on it, are they doing it that way? If you're not having high turnover and your systems stick like that, you're probably surviving this. Even though it can be traumatic for people, it's probably survival for you. But if, if you're seeing those two things, it's definitely got a big problem. I'll tell you another thing I've run into is doctors not just wanting change, but they start stacking on things for staff to do. Because staff or even their consultant will push back and say, no, we need to keep doing this. He says, well, yeah, but I want to do this. And so he wants to add something on. And we've actually run time and motion studies to where a staff person could be tasked with 55 hours of work. Right. 
in 32 hours, coming up with all these ideas. So many of the ideas are what I've heard you refer to as sparrow meat. They're little changes, maybe even big changes. Everybody that comes through offer to wash their car. Everybody that comes through, uh, do this, do that, sing them a song. Well, maybe it's somebody that might mean something to. You hear these kind of things at seminars, you know, everybody's got a new idea. Everybody that comes through, do this, do that. And yeah, there's some benefit, but for the time involved, typically it doesn't quite pay. We want to help doctors be clear on what's really working before they swap it out. In fact, it's not, there's a term now that's bouncing around politics, circle back. We're going to circle back on something. It's not uncommon that when we go in an office and we introduce something that breaks loose growth and profit, we'll find that it was being done three years earlier, but they quit doing it. Yeah. Because they had to just keep changing things. And another thing that contributes to this is not really understanding the gestation, how long it takes for a change to start to really pay off. It can be six months, as you know, until hygiene comes through the second time, really see the change. Our doctors naturally, left to themselves, tend to run lean. In other words, just enough staff. They may even have somebody floating between the front and the back, running back and forth, doing wearing a couple of hats to keep things going. So we come in and say, hey, no, that's not good. Let's let's get somebody to just do each job. It can be two months before that really pays off. So yeah, you got to understand the gestation. But the thing that probably keeps me up at night is thinking about doctors that just keep changing everything just for the sake of change. And you know, they're a lot of times they're bright, brilliant people. Hey, they made it through dental school, specialty school. Right. And they have staff that are bright also, but even bright staff have to struggle sometimes to really master their jobs. And so if you keep changing the ground they're standing on, they finally lose the thread. And when they quit, they don't look back. They're so glad to be out of there. They want to go somewhere and have it be a little bit simpler. So my suggestion is get with whoever's coaching you. If you're thinking about changing something, really, you know, something big. Oh, you got marketing, big changes in marketing. People always want to make big wholesale changes with the way they market. There's new patient like process, how you do things with new patients, how things are scheduled, all different block scheduling. Uh, These are massive changes, system changes, just in general how things operate in the practice, how we do things. Like you said, Greg, you need to be changing the things that matter, things that are going to have an impact, things that will change the bottom line. Let's talk about how you'd go about introducing something really different, a real change. One thing I would do from what I've seen, I would talk to staff that I really trust. And if I didn't have any that I really trusted, I'd need to talk to a coach or somebody. Yeah, right. I've talked to staff that I really trust, not just staff that are looking, you know, they got their coat over their arm an hour before it's time to leave. You know what I mean? That where they just want to get out of there. But people that really are invested emotionally in the practice, mentally, I would talk to them about something I am considering. This is something I'm thinking about. I want to run it by you. 
Right. We're thinking about having the patients, the new patients come through hygiene or the new patients come through whatever and talk it through and listen to their feedback on the impact of making that change. And it might be clear to everybody in that room that that's exactly how it needs to be done. The other thing I would say about introducing change uh, that we see and that we encourage, we set up offices, as you know, with leadership. We'll have a front desk leader, we'll have an office manager and an assistant that's a leader and possibly in a big practice, might have a hygiene leader. And we'll have leadership in a practice. When you want to introduce change and you want it to stick and you don't want rioting and you don't want it being thrown back at you, the thing that you want to do is get your leadership together and get them to buy into it. They got to believe that this change is going to matter because they can sabotage, as you know, they can sabotage any kind of change. They've got to believe it. They got to believe it's going to make a difference in the practice and you got to get them to buy in so they can sell it down the chain to the team so you don't get mutiny. Because I know doctors have that problem. Getting the staff to actually do something new can be a problem too. Few key people to buy in. That's the point. There's a right way to do it. Now you introduce it to the right people, people that you you actually would listen to what they have to say. Right. And if you can really sell them on it and they don't see a downside, you can probably go to the next step and say, hey, all right, so let's get a date set. We're going to start doing it this way. Right. So this is a process, it's a concept, and it can apply to everything from marketing to patient flow, etc. But watch out. Learn to identify yourself if you are a change for the sake of change person. You know, it might be a signal to you that you need a hobby. Yeah. And then you can change hobbies all the time. <laughs> You can go from fishing to flying to any number of things. But uh, there's a way to treat people. It's probably the best. A way to do dentistry, a way to, you know, a way to do things. And once you get that right, life is kind of about continuing to do that for 41 years. I know that can be tough for a, a change monster. But so, yeah, let's talk what else you could do hobbies. I had a doctor in Idaho that, oh, he was politically involved in his town and he did all these things and it kind of fulfilled him as his practice continued to do the same kind of thing, but it was very successful. Right. One thing is to identify that this is you. If, if, if yeah, you I think it's a big. change person, just knowing that and to slightly slow down the change rate and think things through before you decide to change them, talk to team members like you're talking about, Greg, just knowing that's gonna help. You know, I mentioned uh, the time and motion thing. People just have so much time. When you keep changing things, you have to finally face the fact they're gonna quit doing something so they can start doing something. And so what are they gonna quit doing? What's that gonna cost us? What's it gonna make us for them to start doing the change? And when we boil this down, A lot of times the numbers just don't work out. But like you said, if you're a change person, you'll feel like it's worthwhile just for the sake of doing it. So please acknowledge this. Get a staff person or two or three that you trust to talk through this with before you do something dramatic. 
Right. Because like I said, the last thing you want is to circle back three years later and realize you walked away from an incredibly successful marketing plan or a patient plan or whatever it was. Wes, that's what I've got for today. Thanks for listening.